What do Martha Stewart and experience management have in common? Martha's ability to stay relevant and in the know. She is known now not just for her home decorating and gardening abilities, but also her ability to reinvent herself, try new things, and engage with audiences young and old alike. Martha shares, if you want to sustain your relevance, you have to really think about what is relevant to your audience today and tomorrow. And can you think of what might be relevant next week or next month or next year? Welcome to Smarter Together, the market research podcast by Phase 5. In each episode, we will be bringing in guests with different areas of expertise from different organizations to dig into the latest, most innovative, and most inspiring insights we encounter in our work as a market research firm that focuses on customer centricity. Welcome to episode four of Smarter Together. Today, I'd like to welcome Andreas Noe. Andreas leads Phase 5's customer experience and market insights teams. He has developed a particular expertise in CX strategy, metrics and performance measurement, VOC, and customer experience studies. Andreas, thank you so much for your time today and for being here. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So Andreas has recently attended the X4 Experience Management Summit with experience management leaders from all around the world who come together to share ideas and discuss the future of XM. And just some interesting facts is there were also some really super famous keynotes, including Martha Stewart, Ryan Smith, the owner of Utah Jazz, Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta Airways, Ken Warren, the CMO of UPS, and Johnny Taylor, the CEO of the Society of the Human Resource Management. So Andreas, the reason I invited you here today is to really hear a little bit about some of those key takeaways from the X4 event. So maybe you could share with me some key takeaways or insights that you gained from attending the conference. Sure, happy to do so. And you know, my response to your very first question is probably going to be a bit lengthy, but I just wanted to share a couple of examples of something I took away for some from some really good presentations and some really good presenters. And you know, to be fair, I really got something out of everything that I attended, whether it was a keynote or something from a breakout session. I, I wish I had a clone that I could you know, do myself 10 times over to go <laughs> to all of the breakout sessions because they were just so rich and so valuable and, and so well-presented and pragmatic. They they always took me to a place of, say, reminding me of something that was really important that, you know, you sometimes forget. Or it challenged me maybe to think of something from a different point of view that I had maybe thought of. Or in some cases, it just got me thinking about something new entirely. And that was really, really worthwhile. So I, I wanted to spend a couple minutes maybe sharing some examples of things I found really, really useful. And yes, please. <laughs> sure. So I'll start with what started as sort of day one of Keynote. And it was uh, the CMO of Qualtrics. Kilan Lundin, and I may have pronounced his name wrong, but he started with a really strong statement. And he said, you know, the days of always having to ask customers about their experience are over, right? And for someone that grew up in market research and does surveys all the time, it sort of pierced the heart a little bit. And that was a pretty strong statement, right? And I knew where he was going, but he made such a good point of illustrating a couple of things around this. And his point was, was really simple. He was saying, look, you know, 
we are at a point in the evolution of business and business models where we start to need to have insights at every stage along the journey. And we just need tools that go beyond traditional surveys. And so that was a really bold statement. But then he went on to demonstrate what Qualtrics itself was doing, even around just that event, related to say day one and day two. So just going back a little bit in time, he explained how at previous X4 events, they would do post surveys of the event with attendees and delegates to say, hey, you know, what did you like? What could we have done better? And they would dive into those insights after the event. And one of the things that people that worked on that at Qualtrics were noting is, gee, you know, this would have been really good to know in the moment at the event because it's way too late to do anything about it. There's some really good comments that people had. So they they said, you know, we're not going to make that mistake again. So they did, <clears throat> they still did surveys about after day one and after day two of delegates, but they did a couple of other things that really fueled their or drove their insights machine. So one of the things they did is they had a pre-event survey of delegates that asked people to comment on, hey, what is it that you're really hoping to get out of the event? And what is it that you maybe would like to happen or that could make the event really special for you? And not only did they just listen, they acted on that. And I'll, I'll share a bit more on, on what some examples of what they how they use that specifically. Uh, another thing that they did is they had these, I won't get the name right, but they were effectively Qualtrics ambassadors that they put on the floor during the event. These people were everywhere you couldn't mistake them they had big smiles they had the qualtrics t-shirt on and they were carrying tablets their job was certainly to help people in the moment on their way and you know making sure they get around to the next event or, or speaker that they wanted to get to with all that wayfinding and where's the bathroom and all that kind of stuff but they also were capturing feedback from delegates and recording that in text using their tablet and so these were two additional sources of insight that were really, really helpful to them. And let me explain how that pre-event survey was used by Qualtrics. Like this is their event and here's how they were using it to drive insights to make the event and experience better. In that pre-event survey, one of the things they did is they did all the analytic work before the event even started. And what they wanted to do is to figure out what can we do to make a good experience really great for selected participants. So they ended up looking at two pieces of feedback that were identical, but came from different people. And they said, both of them individually said, you know, if I have time at the end, I'd really love to go skiing and spend some time in Utah doing skiing. And I'd also like to meet someone new. So one of the things that they did, they knew exactly who these people were. At the beginning of the day one of keynotes, they had these people stand up and they said, you both had the same feedback. And for the 10,000 people, we said they said, we'd like person X to meet person Y. And what we've done is we've arranged on the Friday when the conference is over for the two of you to go skiing together, to meet each other and have just a great day on the slopes, compliments of Qualtrics. And Sean White was there as one of the speakers in the keynote. They arranged for him to be there to hook them up with some gear. So they just make a great day even better. So like it was just a great example of how you take wow. you know, yeah. insights and learning, right? And be there mm -hmm. in the moment, right at the beginning of the event, both to make that experience better for those delegates, but also to demonstrate how they're using their own tools and the technology to gather insights that really improve the event. And coming back to the ambassadors, one of the things they learned, it's just by way of example, they got really good feedback on day one about the smell and sense they used for the event, about the volume 
of the audio for the keynotes and the music that was in the background, as well as the quantity of garbage that was accumulating in receptacles. And instead of waiting until the event was all over to do something about it, because they had people on the floor gathering that feedback, by day two, they were able to make corrections based on that feedback, make the changes in the program around these features so it was better for participants. And they went back to that team of Qualtrics people in the front lines to explain what they did and why, so that they would have that as ammunition when they were talking to delegates throughout the day to demonstrate how they were listening to feedback and acting on it in the moment. So, you know, his message was really clear, like surveys aren't dead, but we just got to think of different ways to have listening posts to embrace what customers are telling us about the experience and to try to leverage that for greater effect. So it's just a really good way to, to start the conference. But like that was just one example, Rachel. There, there are other examples. I'll touch on Ken Warren. He's from UPS. He's the, he's the CMO there. And he talked about how hard it is to make change related to customer experience. Change management is just a huge, huge part of CX and a major impediment to getting anything done. And his big aha moment came when he had the opportunity to share with executives um, as well as you know other teams, but executives in particular about the state of their brand, which is very relevant to the experience, but their state of their brand with small businesses in particular. He noted that you know they did some great qualitative research that really got to an aha moment with small businesses. And he wanted to be able to demonstrate to execs where they are and how far it was away from where they wanted to be. So they, in the qualitative studies they did with small business, they got them to, to say, okay, imagine small business, you go into a bar and you see a bunch of people standing at it. And imagine that the people that are standing at the bar are representatives of the big package delivery companies. Knowing that, describe for us who you see as the person from UPS. So the small businesses went on to say, well, we would describe them as a middle-aged guy who's over 40, probably a little bit overweight. He's got a big comb over and he's drinking a cheap beer. And so that image was not flattering, right? And Ken had this big, he's a big man. He had this big smile on his face and he's going, that was a pretty clear image. It was very sobering, not flattering, but boy, it was really important for us to hear. That insight that they gathered from customers about the brand, less so about experience, but about the brand really served as an impetus to modernization and change at UPS. And it just launched a whole number of things that UPS did to improve the customer experience. And they're an example of an organization today that just saw CX go up and saw their stock price go through the roof just because of the efforts they made to, to modernize what they're doing around their brand and the experiences that support it. That one was really powerful yeah. in demonstrating you know, the, the power of a brand promise and how you're seen by your customers and how you need to stand up and want to be seen, right? He said they they understood what we do, but not who we are. And we had to change that face of our company. Another one that I'll just touch on is uh, something that was delivered by uh, Johnny Taylor of Sure. And as you noted uh, at the beginning, this is a, uh, a professional association of uh, human resource professionals, and they do work for on education and certification and, and networking for their members. And they'll also lobby Congress from time to time about things that, that maybe might be pertinent to the labor movement. He came to speak in a, in a keynote address about the importance of people 
And this was a major theme, of course, for the entire conference was just humanizing experiences. And he said, the developments that we've seen around people management is at a real crossroads. And, and he characterized it today as a point where it's an absolute disaster. And he sees this every day as a CEO of this professional association. And he comments, you know, I'm glad I'm the CEO of that organization and not a VP of HR because what they have to live with every day is an absolute disaster. And he gave some examples of what we're facing today and how this undermines so much of what we need to deliver because we're so dependent on good people to help us deliver great experiences. So he talked, for example, about wage inflation. And he says, you know, the studies that they've been doing, he said average expectations from college students about the kind of incomes they're going to be earning when they graduate, a lot of them think they're going to be making, you know, 108, $110,000, $115,000. Yet the average wage that most of them get in their first job out of college is $55,000. He said, you know, this translates into a lot of really, really unhappy people that are starting on their very first job in a career, or at least in a job that, that's relevant maybe to what they study. So they're really, really unhappy when they start right, right out of college. And he said, so they're seeing resentism being on the rise. And with the job market kind of shifting now towards employers again, slowly in certain verticals, it's just a case where you've got more and more employees that are resenting being where they are, even those young people who are who are straight out of college. Another trend that he that he talked about was dropping birth rates. And he said that the trends are absolutely alarming. And that even touches on the US specifically, so much so that I have seen other business press that speak about uh, the future of colleges and university in the United States specifically. And this certainly applies to Canada as well, but some of them are having an absolute existential crisis on what this means for their very survival. Why? Because with lower birth rates, they're all going to be competing much harder for these high school grads that want to go on to post-secondary education. I mean, the numbers are, are really, really discouraging. Now, you could say, well, maybe we need to do things to encourage younger people uh, to have more children. On the one hand, maybe that's a solution, but you know, he was quick to point out uh, that that's a 20-year solution, right? By the time they have mm -hmm. kids and they grow up to, to join the workforce. And he also noted that he had a very whimsical, a very charismatic guy, and a very whimsical way of, of talking about this. He said, you know, young people don't want kids. He said, they want pets. He said, sadly, <laughs> the pets don't work. So, you know, that just leaves us in a really, really bad place in trying mm -hmm. to get great people to join us and stay with us. The other point that he made was, you know, everyone was was really into the phenom about uh, quiet quitting and this being a real problem. And he said, now they're actually seeing a boomerang effect where a lot of those people that have done the quiet quitting and left their jobs are actually looking to go back to their former jobs. This is a really sort of different state of play when it comes to talent management that all of us are struggling to address. And, you know, trying to get that to translate into the experiences that those people are going to deliver on the front lines with our clients and with our customers is a major, major challenge. And it will continue to be one for some time to come. So he didn't necessarily have a lot of answers. He just said, you know, dark clouds are looming and, and we've got to be really, really mindful uh, of what is happening there. Uh, and that'll bring me maybe to, to one more that I'll reference, which I thought was just a, a great example from a company called Navistar. And it was Sarah Condit who delivered this uh, this presentation. She's the head of their employee experience, and she her focus was on exactly what 
Johnny mentioned in his keynote and trying to get employees engaged in a productive way. Now, this is a B2B company. They manufacture class uh, six to eight trucks and buses, and they've got the largest dealer network in North America. Like, they're a really big company. And in 2021, when COVID hit, they were really slammed, like it really hurt their business. And they were in survival mode, absolutely stretched to the limit. The tracking work that they had been doing around customer experience showed during that time, as much as they were struggling, CX ratings actually went up and their customer effort ratings actually went down, which was a major, major achievement during that time of stress. Now, the leaders of the company, including Sarah, said, you know, we've got a concern, though. I think it's coming at a real cost. They were concerned that it's putting tremendous strain on their employees. And they decided, you know, we really need to be data driven. Let's start to measure the employee experience, their ability to deliver these great experiences that our customers are feeling every day. When they did, they noted EX was actually really down and employee effort was really up. So what did that mean? To support those great customer experiences, Rachel, they had to have their employees bending over boards, yeah. Herculean efforts to meet customers where they were and deliver these great experiences. And the problem is it's not sustainable. People were burning out and they were at risk of some really, really good people leaving. They could not move forward in that way. They had to do something different. They recognized, look, we just can't sustain this. It makes no sense. So she talked about the steps they did to one measure, right, to see where they were at on the employee side of great experiences. And they got really, really good insights that help them start to explore where and how they might write that ship for their employees on EX. And she talked about, you know, some of the things that they're doing and the watchwords that she left the attendees with, the delegates with, which I thought were really, really sharp. She said, look, when it comes to EX, think big, start small, act now. And I thought that was just really, really powerful because so much of what we see in anything related to experience management, it just looks so big and it's so vast and it can be really intimidating because we think, oh, it's so big. What, where do I start? What am I going to do? And she just reassured the audience that, look, we don't, you know, Rome wasn't conquered in a day. Just pick mm-hmm. off a piece that really matters. It's, it's big. It's good to be aspirational and to really think blue sky, but it's okay to start small. Just chip away at it, but, but you got to get to action. You got to get to action right away. Wow. Andreas, I just want to thank you for sharing some really interesting speakers. Really, really interesting. And I look forward to reading more about them as well. Now, thinking not about the speakers individually, but thinking bigger in terms of key themes and trends in the industry. Can you think of any takeaways or trends that were discussed at the conference? And if so, how do you see those shaping the future of experience management? There were two that I would cite, and I touched on this already, a major theme for the entire event was around people and the power of human connections. And even in Qualtrics thought leadership work that they're doing in this space around experience management, you can see it getting to talking about humanity, right? 
And this idea that, look, you know, we we still connect with people, we still rely on people to deliver great experiences. And they they did that and demonstrated how this human connection is really, really important. It applies to all of our omni-channel experiences, even with the advent of AI and technology to do some wonderful things that we never could do with experiences before. Many times we're still coming back to people either to round out a journey or to help facilitate people as they move across journeys, or maybe they're doing something backstage, even working on a technology that's going to get a customer to a better state that they want and expect on their journey. So this idea of of the power of people and connecting with humans was really, really important. I go back to, you know, the very first address that that the CMO of Qualtrics had about, you know, what what are we going to do to make this event special for our delegates and and how they went the extra mile to do that and, and speak to the power of connecting people with people. I thought that was just a great illustration of how that came through. So that was one thing about the power of people and human connections. The other big theme, and, and no surprise, was around AI and being able to leverage their technology through text analytics uh, and to get more of that both from the front lines who are working with customers, but back to the front lines so they can actively engage with those customers on the front lines in a productive way. So they had a lot to share about their technology roadmap and what they were doing to support CX on the front lines as well as a lot of great case studies by great speakers about how they were trying to leverage AI in a way that would make experiences better for employees who needed to support customers, as well as for those customers at the end of the day. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andreas. You were talking a little bit about the relevance of your practice area in customer experience to experience management, if you don't mind, and as well the ways that CX actually plays a role in experience management as a holistic discipline. Yeah, there there are so many implications, and and I'm picking up on a word that you said, Rachel, and that is experience management. Mm -hmm. And this is, even at a team level, this is where I've got to get team members and other teams in the firm to think about this a bit differently. My team's big on CX and we know full well it touches brand, it touches product, it touches technology and UX, it touches people, it touches strategy. If we're going to be effective for our clients and be more holistic and talk about the bigger discipline of experience management, we absolutely have to start to work together more closely on engagements that we do for our clients. So we have some very deliberate things we're doing together with our UX team. I know you're close to that, that that talk about how we better integrate both CX and UX. We've got to extend that to our other teams, say those that are working on innovation and those that are working on brand as cases in point. We, in addition, are getting asked more and more to share insights about employees and supporting experience. We have long resisted that. Those days are gone. We need to jump in. We need to jump in with both feet because that's the way our clients are starting to deal with this. It's, you know, a number of different spokes on a wheel that they've got to tackle. And we can't come at this saying, yeah, we don't do that. No, they want us to do that. They want to bring us to the table to help them uncover insights related to that. So that's one. Another thing is that we've got to pivot better at serving a new type of client. Again, I mentioned this at the beginning, you know, we were were born and raised and cut our teeth on market research. And we still have clients 
that come to us as researchers and they want market research study. But more and more, the people that are responsible for experience management have neither the time, the expertise, or the patience to wait for that six-week survey or a qualitative study or some deep dive analytics study that we want to do and our ability to tick all the boxes to say, oh, this is valid and you can trust it and it's meaningful and useful. That has a role, but that role is changing, especially for the different type of client that wants the insight, but they need it delivered faster. Mm -hmm. They need it delivered closer to the moment where these things happen in a journey. They want to use insights to act, but they've got to be able to act right away. Just like the example that I demonstrated about Qualtrics wanted to act on feedback from delegates in the moment to change what happens the very next day at the event. So back to our practice and what we're doing on VOC, we've already got work streams underway internally to expand our toolkit, right? And to talk about how we can leverage that toolkit of listening points on the customer journey for greater effect for our clients. So that's just some tangible things that we're trying to do at a team level. And I hope across the firm to try to really leverage what we do in experience management for our clients. That is awesome, Andreas. Thank you so much for sharing. Sounds really innovative and trying to make sure that we keep up with how clients are changing and what they want out of research and what they want for their journeys and for their customer mm-hmm. journeys as well. Yeah. I'm curious, Andreas, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share or observations with our listeners just about your experience at X4? Yeah, I mean, you know, Qualtrics hosted the event and they certainly put on a great one. And, you know, to be really transparent, part of the reason for having us there was to demonstrate their roadmap for experience management, right? And to tease us with some new developments. And they certainly did a bang up job of of doing that to their credit. What's interesting is it is one part intimidating, Rachel, and a second part inspiring. It's intimidating because they're such great thought leaders and they have this huge machine to try to bring it to market, right? About how they solution around where the industry is going. And there's so much going on that, that you know, your eyes start to go wide open and you get nervous. Oh my, there's so much, can I keep up? And to be, to be really frank, they're really good at being on top of what the trends are and what the, what the changes are. That is really, really helpful. But, at, you know, at first glance, it just looks so massive and so big. And it is a movement. And, and they're really on top of the movement and where it's going. So it's both intimidating, but it's also inspiring. Because when you see the thinking that goes into where they want to take their solutions and how they want to support their customers, like us, who want to better support our clients, it's also really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really beneficial to be part of a movement like that that's being led by companies like Qualtrics that makes me really, really happy and pleased that we chose to take Qualtrics on as a partner in our journey to giving our clients better experiences of working with us and giving them better outcomes for our work. Absolutely. That's really great to hear. Two more questions for you for today. Uh, This is just a quick light one. It's just did anything actually surprise you at X4 that you weren't expecting? <laughs> yeah, this uh, 
there was a there was a speaker, and I'm going to forget his name. In fact, I think he was he was coming in to pinch hit for Ryan Reynolds, who couldn't attend because the poor ah. guy got COVID and couldn't come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the other keynotes were great, and and this guy was great too. And he he came in, and he had a really really interesting presentation, Rachel, on the power of being able to use all of our senses to listen to understand customers' experiences. So going beyond the written word, you know, again, like what we often get in surveys, but to look at other ways in which we can listen to get to insights better and faster. And so this gentleman, like he's a PhD, his goal in life is to help understand how to make patients with Parkinson's disease to make their life better. And one of the the things that that he has worked on is to understand the power of movement and movement as it's tied to music to better understand how they can use that in their treatment to make them have a better quality of life. And so his message was, you know, there's other ways that we can listen and there's other things that we can do to make experiences great that go beyond just what we say. Right. And retailers know this really well about how they stage their retail environments using music and using visual cues, right, to make those experiences really positive. But to get the message across, he had these 10,000 people stand up and start to do these dance moves, right? He goes, (laughs) okay, so follow me. And he did like four of these different sets, right? And what he doesn't know is, I don't dance, okay? (laughs) I could teach five-year-olds 85 different moves on a soccer ball that requires some level of coordination, which I can demonstrate and happily do, but dance, uh uh-uh, not me. (laughs) So I get up and I'm going, okay, I guess I better play along. I get up like 10,000 other people and I'm doing these dance moves and it feels like 10,000 eyeballs are looking at me. Uh, They could care less. So by the time he got us to get up a second time, it was exit stage right. I took off out of there so fast. <laughs> I was just so uncomfortable. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It was just, you know, that was me. That's me in that, in that moment. I had to get out. I had to flee. Uh, but I still got his message, which which I thought was really powerful. It definitely is a powerful message. But just so you know, I bet it's all in your head about your dancing skills. And I bet <laughs> everyone was in the same boat as you. Perhaps let's just let's just say I'd keep good company with Elaine from Seinfeld. No trouble. <laughs> so my final question for you today, Andreas, is just would you recommend this conference to others that are in your industry? Oh yeah, that's a no-brainer. Uh, if I could, I would send the entire CX team to attend next time. You, you know, you you always learn something new. And probably more importantly, you just get energized, right, about where this XM movement is going. And it really is a movement. So you you get excited. You get excited about things that you could bring back to share with clients. You get inspired about what you might share with your team to help them develop new skills or to excite them maybe about new competencies that they might explore. And, you know, you push yourself just to become a better professional and to continue to, to innovate. Andreas, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing all about your experience at X4. It honestly sounds so inspiring, energizing, and something that I would love to attend next year if possible. Great, you should. (laughs) And so for anyone who's listening today, thank you so much for being here and for listening about XM and how awesome it sounds. And if you do want to submit a question for the podcast, 
feel free to reach out on our website or you can send us an email. And if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, please also feel free to reach out. Andreas, thanks again and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Same to you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thank you.